0: Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 464. My name's Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rickstraw. Hey, Kevin. Hello. This week on the show, we'll be reviewing Park Chan-wook's latest decision to leave. We'll also be going over some of what we watching on the watch list and going over this week's new releases in theaters, VOD and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Please remember to review us on iTunes if you get a moment. That'd be great. Uh, with that, I think we can... Hop on in. Uh, New state by the '90s should be dropping this week. I'm hoping, but stay tuned for that. Also, we landed on a lineup for our Christmas episode, which is another made-for-TV Christmas. I think this is like the fourth year that we've done this fourth or fifth year it, it, they, they just there's a never-ending supply of 90s Christmas TV movies like this year's lineup I'm so excited for this year's lineup because they look so bad and I just can't wait to dive into them so anyway let's go ahead and jump into decision to leave now this is currently playing in limited release so check your your listings for this it will be on movie. December 9th. So, mark your calendars if you have movie, December 9th. I have a synopsis here. A detective investigating a man's death in the mountains meets the dead man's mysterious wife in the course of his dogged sleuthing.
1: Alright. <laughs> wait. wait. Uh, hold up.
0: <laughs> I, I don't, I, okay. Alright. <laughs> Now it makes it seem like he just stumbles onto the wife mm-hmm. during his <laughs> he's
1: investigation. He's doing so much work, and he's just such a great detective. He just keep fucking sticks with it, and he finally discovers her.
0: Let me read the <sighs> let, just let me let me just read the letterboxed one, just so you can see this the the difference between the whatever whoever wrote the IMDb one. Hi, June. A seasoned detective investigates the suspicious death of a man on a mountaintop. Soon he begins to suspect. Uh, so Ray, the deceased's wife while being unsettled by his attraction to her. Now, see, that is way more. I think that's a way better synopsis. Yes. Which is typical, <laughs> but I still think it's a lot of fun to read the IMDb ones. Cause they're always,
1: they're often so <laughs> ridiculous. They truly are, and it's it's just interesting because they've been around for so long. And, and the th- th- thing, and the thing is, I'm sure, I'm a hundred percent
0: sure that IMDb gets referenced a lot more than Letterboxd. I mean, Letterboxd is a very popular platform, no doubt, but it's popular within the like movie buff niche, you know? Yeah. Like it, it's not like just Joe Joe public who wants to look something up real quick they'll go to imdb for that yeah anyway let's start with you kevin what were your initial impressions of decision to leave
1: oh boy um i i gotta say that i was pretty happy with this uh given that i wasn't the biggest fan of handmaiden or stoker really i would those two were just kind of eh. For, me.
0: You know, honestly, for me, too, like his th- those two were like kind of
1: on the weaker side for me. Yeah. So like I went into this with like a little excitement, but not too much. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, well, we'll we'll see what happens here. And I tried to keep an open mind. And I was a little bit worried at first because the. It's this weird thing with this movie where its strength is also kind of its weakness is that. It is, it is all over the place. Mm-hmm. We are just constantly moving through, through the narrative. Just We're in different locations. We're in different times. We're in people's memories. We're all over the place. And at the outset, in the beginning, it was a bit much for me because it kind of caught me off guard where I was, what the fuck was going on?
0: Mm-hmm. It's just
1: too much happening. It's just like please at some point can you settle down and just get, like get like a nicer rhythm for me cuz if it's this for 2 hours I'm going to be fucking lost. And it does do that. It does settle into a rhythm that I thought was a much nicer pace. And like i was saying that that was the, the a negative, but it's also a strength because that's really what keeps this like visually interesting is how it's all over the place. You're different locations. Next thing you know, the detective's like in a memory where he's at someone's house, and we're going through TV screens. We're doing all sorts of stuff.
0: Yeah, they, they, it's sort of like uh, like Boondock Saints at times. <laughs> you know, remember like when Willem Dafoe is like investigating the crime scenes and he's like there during yes the, the specific... I'm sure there's a better movie to reference that does that also (laughs) than Boondock Saints, but that was just the first thing that popped into my head. But yeah, like those scenes I think are great. And yeah, I agree with you that I, at one point, maybe at the halfway Mark, maybe it was a little bit before the halfway Mark, I started to feel like I was losing grip on this movie. Like I was like, it's about to lose me in that. I'm not sure what's going on. Like I, I was like, teetering on that where i started to get confused about timelines and things like that but it, it it did it it sort of stabilized and i was like okay i i see what's happening here i understand what's going on but it it did get very close to like completely baffling me at, at a certain point thankfully it didn't go like full on where it was just like completely illogical or like not illogical, but like just off the rails as far as the timeline and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think, uh, I think that it's for the most part, a, it's a good story. It's a good narrative. It's very intriguing. It does keep you engaged. It is, if you know, throughout it's, its pretty extended runtime. I mean, this is over two hours long. But I think that it uses that time pretty efficiently. I think maybe it could have been tightened up in certain aspects, but you know, it's 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 also interesting in that I don't think that this is an entirely original story in any way. But at the same time, I think the way in which Park Chan Wook tells it, it still keeps it engaging to the audience. Even though I feel like this is kind of something that we've seen before in movies where, you know, it's a it's a beautiful woman who may be a she might be a black widow and like the the detective is fallen in love with her and stuff and yeah, it's I feel like there just well, there wasn't a lot of new material here. However, the methods in which he tells the story and the characters. I think that all of that sort of made up for maybe the lack of originality with the narrative. Yeah.
1: yeah, And I think two things it really help it in that regard, because I'm kind of with you where the, the, the narrative I would say it does, it does lack some originality. I mean, I like where it ends up I, you know, yeah. I kept thinking like, there's gotta be more to this, Right there's got like something's gonna happen. There's gotta be like an element to this narrative that's just gonna completely change things, but that doesn't really happen. So that 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 expectation is kind of my fault because I'm kind of thinking like old boy or something where I'm like, oh, there's gonna be gonna be like a twist or something, or it's, it's some, there's gonna be more to this than with face value. There has to be, but that's not that's not the thing. But there's two things that help it greatly. one I already mentioned visually. There's just a lot of stuff going on. He's. Just, it seems like him and his crew are just. They're trying fucking everything. We got skewed camera angles. We got nighttime shots. We got police chases in fog. We, like we got all sorts of stuff going on, man. And to me, that that uh, that variety in the visuals really helped out and then second is there's a decent amount of comedy in this which i think really really helped Mm -hmm. especially with the runtime is it you know it got broken up with some levity here and there which was really helpful because if this was just played like super serious i think it you know it definitely not to say it would have failed but it definitely wouldn't have it wouldn't have uh impacted me as much
0: yeah i agree um and i think that that's that's one thing that that park chainmo is is good at is uh bringing in injecting little bits of of comedy into into his movies which are oftentimes you know pretty pretty tire um this one i think less less so than than some of his other ones but yeah it just it feels like
1: it feels like his twist on like a old like a Hollywood romance, almost like noir type, but just in his style, Mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of fun. Cause I've been kind of in that mode recently. I've been wanting that. So this kind of came at like the right time.
0: Yeah, I agree. Just to reiterate, I like, I, I think that it is kind of, I, I don't think it's on the same level as old boy or any, any of his other revenge movies but i still i still enjoyed it i thought it was a good a good time it's,
1: it's definitely very exciting too in the sense of like we we stated from the outset between a handmaiden and stoker where this i don't want to necessarily say like a return to form because i think handmaiden it was his like the the technical aspects of that movie are pretty damn good but it does feel, for me, kind of like a return to form where I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm gonna be super excited about his work moving forward, like I used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I just kind of hope I just don't
0: want him to do another love story next. Like I'm I'm kind of done with the <laughs> with love stories <laughs> for from him. For like him. I just I don't know I. I don't, I, the The love story angle of it was not what intrigued me about this movie. It was sort of the other aspects, the the more cr- kind of crime slash procedural aspects.
1: Yeah. But I do like how he plays with that, with that a little bit of oh, no, this, yeah, yeah. This, this, this detective obsesses over her. And then she gives him like the ultimate obsession.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be clear, I think that it's essential for the movie. Like I, I, I think that it was completely necessary, but I, I guess yeah, and I think it, I guess maybe I liked the the exploration of that obsession more than the actual relationship between the two.
1: Because yeah. I mean, he basically think,
0: turns into a stalker, which I think is kind of
1: yeah. But I think that that's and it works with that ending. Yeah, that makes it that makes it you know. And it enhances it because if you don't have that ending, you're just kind of like. Because I was kind of thinking the same thing where I'm like, okay, he's just kind of obsessed. Like this isn't. I don't know if this warrants two hours. Yeah. But then yeah, that ending kind of put everything into perspective where it was like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is pretty damn. This is pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty. The ending was
0: pretty wild too. What did you think of the? There were a couple Rolexes in this shown oh, yeah, shown yeah.
1: very prominently. Getting those got those cracked crystals. Mm get that crystal replaced
0: so so what do you Bro, i mean what was your take on this so uh, the the man who is murdered at the beginning or, or dies uh we're not sure if he's murdered or not at the beginning he falls off of a cliff and the the rolex breaks how mm-hmm. did you how did you how'd you feel about that were you offended that they would show
1: a no, rolex broken
0: th- in that manner
1: no, it de- Rolex would definitely break in that situation. Okay, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, you're not. It's not surviving that. I mean, they're pretty sturdy. They're pretty robustly built, but it's not surviving that.
0: Then they shoot another Rolex later on on another dead yeah. body. So
1: yeah. But the interesting thing is is I'm sure that this has the place into like the personality type thing going on here because you have two guys that are kind of. You know they're rich and somewhat flaunt so they got the Rolexes and our detective wears an Omega, mm-hmm. which is his is just a very subtle, subdued dress watch.
0: But he also has a chainmail glove. So which okay,
1: I'm glad he brought that up because I almost forgot. Because as soon as I, <laughs> as soon as he pulls out the chainmail glove, which I kind of forgot about those from the kitchen days, but as soon as he pulled one out, I was just like god damn why hasn't why hasn't that been a thing in movies more often because it's really fucking badass Dude, like you know one guy has a knife you think it's gonna be a knife fight he just pulls out a chainmail glove and he's like all right i'm just gonna grab this fucking thing from you <laughs> yeah you,
0: you never <laughs> he, i i don't know that i've ever seen a movie aside from like you know medieval type movies that involve chainmail gloves
1: which is just fucking genius, because you're like, oh yeah, those things exist. So you don't, you know, if you don't know how to cut vegetables and stuff, you wear it for some, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone actually use it for that, but it's a fucking genius idea. And then he just grabs it, the shit out of the guy.
0: Yeah, he yeah, just grabs, grabs the knife and starts punching him in the face over and over again.
1: <laughs> I fucking loved it.
0: There's a, yeah, there was a there was a level of classiness to this movie that I really enjoyed. Like all of the the apartments and stuff for the most part looked very well-kept and just classy. And just that scene when he's interrogating her for the for the I guess it's the first time, but he he like brings in the sushi and just the way that they eat and like how everything is so meticulous and like her apartment and his his like bachelor pad apartment that he has like everything is just so minimalist and very clean and well kept. I just I liked all of that. And he has an incredible hi-fi system. Holy crap,
1: that thing! Mm. That thing is a beast. I also wanted that sushi. That was like the fanciest takeout sushi I've ever seen in my life.
0: With the little, uh, the little like fish, the-, the little fish soy sauce <laughs> bottle yeah, and It was.
1: It came in like the like the nicest box I've ever seen. Yeah. Everything is in, like, little compartments. Like, that box alone is probably, like, $20. Just the box with
0: nothing in it. Yeah. I mean, they said it was, a, it was, like, the fanciest one. It was the fancy meal.
1: That's ridiculous. Spending way too much on takeout. It'd be crazy for the overhead of that place. Yeah. I, 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 give, it a, I give it a pretty strong recommend. I have a feeling, because I, I got to say that, you know, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty fresh off of this. So there is a part of me that wonders how it's going to grow with me over the next couple of months. But I have a feeling just from early reports is that it's going to, it's going to grow favorably. Could, could be. Yeah. I mean, I,
0: I'm fresh on this too. Like I just watched this today actually. So I'm, I'm still, I'm still sort of processing it. So I'm not sure how I'll feel about it in, you know, a couple of weeks time, but
1: yeah, but it's just a nice early bump. Cause I kind of forgot about the J mail glove thing. <laughs> hell yeah She's pretty badass i That's did bad i did
0: ass. like i did like that um that that there were like other cases that they were working during this too like the the fact that they included that other that other uh murder case and stuff i i liked and that, i liked that the, the turtle theft the turtle theft yeah
1: it's good and, and it does hit you with that surprise of where like the the um the initial or, you know, the, the central investigation just kind of ends mm-hmm. and then it gets picked up later on. So there's enough, there's enough there to me for the, like, the way that he handles this narrative, even though that it is a bit scattershot at times. But at the same time, it's, it's kind of invigorating because you don't really know what's going to happen. You don't know what case he's going to be on in the next scene. Well, yeah, or if he's actually gonna be in present day or if he's gonna be in a memory.
0: And and at one point he it, it jumps forward in time, like a year, and it's in a completely different city. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's um and and also like I'll just I'll just reiterate the the camera work and like the really cool transitions that they would do in this. Like that, that there was like that one scene when they were like zooming in, they like zoomed in on a picture of a like flowers or something, and then it like transitioned into an actual like bouquet of flowers into the next scene, and so he yeah. did, he did a lot of cool stuff with with uh, regards to the camera work too.
1: Yeah, which is always fun because it's taking those little mundane transitions, mm-hmm. but giving them giving them that flair. And that's the, the thing; like, it's
0: not like there's a ton of action or anything in this movie, but. The the cinematography helps make up for some more of the, you know, more mundane moments. Yeah. Cool. So that's decision to leave. Kevin, what are you going to give this one out of ten?
1: I'm thinking, I'm almost leaning to an eight. I feel myself leaning towards an eight. I was going to say seven and a half. Thinking eight. Well,
0: there you have it. I'm I'm at like a I'm at like a seven and a half on this one. Definitely worth a look. Again, playing a limited release right now. Going to be on Mubi. Uh, what did I say? December 9th or something? I think you said 9th. Yeah, keep an eye on Mubi if you have it. All right, let's move on and talk about some of what we've been watching. I got a couple. I feel like I haven't been watching a lot of good stuff lately, like for a while. But this week, man, it, with... With uh, Decision to Leave and a couple of these other movies I don't want to mention, I had a really good week. Nice. Great week, actually. We'll start things off with Triangle of Sadness. This is the the new one by uh, Ruben Ostland. This is the guy who did Force Majeure, and he did The Square, which I didn't see, but now I, after seeing Triangle of Sadness, I realize I absolutely have to go back and watch The Square, which I hope to do this week. Did you did you see the square?
1: No, but I'm gonna have to. My wife's been begging me to watch that movie.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like. I was interested in it. I just I just didn't get around to seeing it. Anyway, uh, Triangle of Sadness. If you're not familiar with this, takes place on a uh, like a luxury cruise yacht, and it's uh it's just full of it's it's a it's a yacht that's just full of rich people. And a series of catastrophes happen on this yacht. And it just kind of knocks them down a peg. There's, uh, if you're familiar with Auslan's stuff, I mean, it's definitely chock full of social commentary. It's definitely a satire. And I freaking, I had a great time with it. I think it was, it was very funny uh, it's ridiculous at times it is gross it is uh, surprising where it goes I didn't expect it to take some of the turns that it did uh, and I hi- highly recommend it I think it is probably one of my favorite movies of the year so far it's just full of that kind of just oddball cringy at times humor that that just uh, takes a takes a look at the upper class and just shreds them. But also this one is also kind of interesting because it tackles things like gender roles and, and sexism and stuff like that too. So, so there, there's some more going on here. Um, that, that I thought was pretty interesting. So definitely recommend triangle of sadness. Woody Harrelson's in this and he plays the captain of the, of the ship. And he's like, just, shit face drunk the whole time it's pretty wild
1: incredible well i have nothing okay the only other i mean the only other thing i watched was the uh, thanksgiving tradition of prisoners ah
0: i was gonna ask
1: oh yeah i got a prisoner i love that that's me and my wife's way of like the night before thanksgiving where we have to do a shit ton of work we're like oh yes let's relax Even in watch of prisoners.
0: Uh, So uh, has it
1: has it been holding up for you over the over the years? It has, and it's surprising because I keep expecting. Because like when I first saw Prisoners, I enjoyed it. The second time we watched it, you know, like when we started this tradition, I was like, "Man, I don't know. I really want to sit through Prisoners again." I was like, "All right, it's not too bad," and I'm being every year. It holds up, and I'm, like, pretty excited. Like, once it starts rolling, I'm like, oh, yeah. I, I think it's, like, right when um, Hall's character gets introduced. Because I think his his performance is probably one of his best mm. of his career in that movie. And once he gets introduced, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's right. This is great. Let's do this. And I think also by the time he's introduced, I think I've had probably, like, two or three cocktails <laughs> so I'm just like, hell, hell yeah. Get him. Get him, Jake. You're going to find him. You're going to find them kids. I know he is. It's a great It is a great movie. There's just something about, you know, it's Thanksgiving. It's a PA set movie. You know, mm-hmm. got everything you can want. Yeah, definitely. Uh,
0: all right. Well, I saw Hardcore from 1979.
1: This I'm very interested to hear
0: about. Directed by Paul Schrader. I... Yeah, I, I I have this like kind of just blank spot for some of the some of uh, Schrader's movies, and I, I aim to fix that soon. Um, and I started things off with Hardcore. Never saw this before, loved it. I mean, it is like, man, it is ex- kind of exactly what I was looking for, which is like that that really awesome '70s sleaze, and. What you, what you have here is George, George C. Scott is a, um, he, he's this like super conservative father who it, it realizes that his daughter is missing. They took a trip to, um, Knott's Berry farm and she never came back and he starts looking for her. He ends up hiring a, a detective played by Peter Boyle and finds out that his daughter is in a, a hardcore porn film and it doesn't seem like she's super happy to be in it and so he kind of loses his shit and heads heads off to, to track down his daughter by going to all of these like really seedy like strip clubs and porn shops and like brothels and just track just doing just doing his own detective work and it's it's great i mean it's 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 a sad film in a lot of ways and it's you know pretty pretty depressing uh it does it does it is a little bit of a christmas movie though which i didn't know there's uh takes place during christmas time interesting yeah but uh yeah highly recommended especially if you're into that kind of 70s sleaze like i i I, I just I don't know. I I always kinda like movies that, that take place in that in that world. I'd prefer it to be New York. This is in California, but hey. It's it's still great. So yeah. Highly recommend hardcore. Um I saw It Comes. This is directed by Tatsuya Nakashima. This is uh it's a horror film. Not Exactly what I expected uh, It's sort of a Possession Slash haunted apartment Movie About um, A It's it's like a, It's a guy who discovers That there's like Something very strange going on in his apartment And He ends up like getting this This exorcist And a, and a journalist to try to help him figure out what's going on in his apartment, take some really crazy turns and it just gets completely bonkers at the end, which uh, I had a lot of fun with. So I I highly recommend it comes. I don't want to give too much away, especially about like what happens towards the end, but it it definitely contains a lot of stuff that you just don't see coming. So
1: yeah, I think that, which that's got me. So anytime I hear "har" and it gets someone describes it as it gets bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Sign, sign me up. Yeah,
0: highly highly recommend it. And it, this is by the the guy who did Confessions, which I loved. Uh, the World of Konako, which I thought was okay. Um, but he he's a really interesting director. So yeah, highly recommend it comes. And then finally I saw a, well, I saw the weird owl movie, um, Mm -hmm. which, uh, I actually liked quite a bit. This is, uh, a a Roku original. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep, that's, uh, (laughs) that's, I guess they're in, in the movie making business now. It's directed by Eric Appel. And, uh, it's, 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 not really a biopic. Like it's tr- it's, more it's more like Walk Hard. That's kind of what this movie is. It's like a spoof of biopics. But the interesting thing is, it's it's about Weird Al Yankovic. It's written by Weird Al. Weird Al's in it, uh, playing a record record executive. But then you have Daniel Radcliffe in here, playing young Weird Al, and. It goes to some really ridiculous places, and I actually thought it was really funny. I feel like I haven't seen a movie like this in quite a long time, where it's just completely over the top and goofy, sort of like MacGruber, like one of those movies. Uh And I... Yeah, I just thought it was really funny. There's a lot of like... Like, one of the funniest things about this movie is that early on, like, after he... When he first becomes famous, he starts dating Madonna. So like Evan Rachel Wood plays Madonna and she's like a pretty prominent character throughout the movie. And then I'm just going to give a mild spoiler away and say that because I think it's just so funny and it'll maybe steer you towards wanting to see this. But at one point, Weird Al um, murders, um, murders Pablo Escobar. And then Madonna takes over the Mexican drug cartel. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's really goofy. And there's a, there's also, I, sorry, go ahead.
1: I was just going to say, I didn't realize how many fucking people are in this goddamn movie.
0: Yeah, there's, there's a ton of people and there's a, there's also a really great scene. So rain Wilson plays Dr. Demento and, There's this scene where Dr. Demento is having a party and it it is like comprised of all of the like kind of weird fringe entertainers. So you have like Pee Wee Herman and Tiny Tim and Gallagher and Alice Cooper and Andy Warhol, Conan O'Brien plays Andy Warhol, Uh, Salvador Dali and Divine, Wolfman Jack played by Jack Black, and then... You know, you have this like kind of oddball party, and uh, David Dismalchian plays John Deacon, the the bassist from Queen, and the, they make fun of him the whole time because they don't know why he's there, just randomly the bassist from Queen.
1: Oh my goodness, this sounds
0: dumb as hell. It is. It's dumb, and it's and it, but it's like really fun. So yeah, I would I would give it a look. Like. Very light recommend. Uh, only if you're in the mood for something just stupid. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the last one that I'll mention is uh, A Christmas Story Christmas. I watched this on Thanksgiving just because, you know, it, se- it seemed like the right thing to do to watch it on Thanksgiving. This is directed by Clay, uh, Clay Cadiz And... Looking at looking at this guy's filmography, he did the Angry Birds movie. Woof. Uh I didn't hate this. I it looked really stupid and it kind of was, but at the same time, it was very nostalgic. I mean, it was it was very much playing into that whole nostalgia factor for, for people who love a Christmas story. It's kind of it's kind of heartwarming. It's 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 a cute movie. I think that I was kinda of hating it at the beginning, but it started to win me over by the end. Peter Billingsley, I think he co-wrote it, and I don't know like how much this is I don't know how much this pulls from the, the book, but it uh yeah, it's it's alright. So the the premise of this one is that it takes place like 30 years after uh the original film Ralphie's all grown up and before his parents can come to stay with him and his family on Christmas his father passes away and so he ends up going back to his hometown and spending Christmas there and he his the whole goal here is to give his kids and his family the like magical kind of Christmas that he had when he was a kid, so that's kind of the premise it's it some of the jokes are pulled straight from Christmas vacation, which kind of bothered me <laughs> and it was it was fine, I guess I like Peter Billingsley i think and it was kind of fun to see him back in that. Roll, but uh, yeah, it's on HBO Max, so if you have HBO Max, you can check it out there.
1: I do, and I'm not,
0: yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I, I it, definitely not one that I think you would be into. And honestly, like, I wasn't super excited to watch it anyway. It's It's not nearly as bad as what you would think, but. Yeah. It's also like it's like a meh. It's like a whatever. It's not bad, but it's not great either. All right, let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Violent Night is the, uh, that's really the only notable one here. The only one that I'm seeing. That's the Christmas, uh, like action comedy. You know, I'll, I'll check this out. I won't see it in the theater, but I'll give it a look. It looks kind of fun. Looks like a bunch of stupid fun.
1: (laughs) Watch out. Yeah, I mean, it's the dead snow guy.
0: Yeah, it is. Yep.
1: It could. That could definitely be fun.
0: On VOD this week, the starting with the 29th, we have a battle for Saipan. We have dash. And we have please, baby, please. Then on December first, we have Troll, which is going to be on Netflix. We got A Wounded Fawn, that's going to be on Shutter. I think is A Wounded Fawn. That's a, uh, is that the uh, Travis? What's his name? Travis Stevens. Yeah, Travis Stevens. Yes. I'm correct. interested in that friend of the show, Travis Stevens. We got Senior on Netflix. That's going to be on December second. Is December second? Yeah, that's Friday. We got Lady Chatterley's Lover. That's also on Netflix. We got Four Samosas, Confessions of a Hitman, Christmas with the Campbells. That's going to be on AMC+. We got Hunt. And then we got Savage Salvation. We mm-hmm. also have Christmas in the Caribbean, which is the second Elizabeth Hurley Christmas movie. After Christmas Christ- Tour. Yeah. After Christmas in Paradise. So, got a couple notable things coming out this week uh, on Blu-ray. We have Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two from 1986. That's coming out in 4K. We got Don't Open and Don't Open Till Christmas from 1984. That looks like maybe a vinegar syndrome from the looks of it. Blood Delirium from
1: 1988. Hold
0: up. <laughs> Blood <laughs> Delirium. <laughs>
1: Let me get that. Uh, let me put that on the old watch list there. Oh, goodness. Necrophilia, madness, murder, dismemberment. Wow. It takes place in a castle. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, watch this, list. Is, this is
0: definitely going on <laughs> my watch list. Blood deliriums of vinegar syndrome release also. We have the Amityville Curse from 1990, Cutter's Way from 1981, Libido from 1965. Mansion of the Living Dead from 1982, Blood Hunt from 1985, the the Shadowed Mind from 1988, a detective story from 1951 starring Kirk Douglas, Burning Paradise from 1994, The Evil Men Do starring Charles Bronson,
1: mm.
0: Emily the Criminal which came out earlier this year that that one's pretty good i saw that at uh i think sundance maybe let's see the pact from 1995 um looks like don't worry darling is coming out make sure you skip that mona mona in the blood moon which you should check <laughs> out that one's worth yes. looking at do it amityville karen
1: yes what's that have you watched that
0: one? No, that this is a new one. It looks horrible. It looks like a. It looks like maybe it's kind of like a spoof or something. It's a limited edition. There's only a thousand of them being made.
1: Okay. this this sounds terrible. Yeah, it
0: looks it looks awful. Heartland of Darkness from 1992, and that's pretty much it for all the biggies. What about Criterion's?
1: We got nothing.
0: Nothing coming out on Criterion. All right. There you have it. All right, uh, cool. Well, I think that that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcast at filmpulse.net. Follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And if you have a minute, consider giving us a review on iTunes. That'd be great. I'm Kevin Rakestraw. My name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.